MC Lobshire, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast and also the president and chief wealth and investment strategist of Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate cashflow banking, also known as infinite banking, with their business and investments. If you're interested in learning more about how we create strategies that integrate cash flow banking and investments to turbocharge them, you can access a video series at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, I'm joined by Ace Chapman that will share the micro-private equity strategy. After Ace dropped out of college, he bought his first business at 19 with some savings from a summer job and caught the business buying bug. Over the last 16 years, he has bought 40 businesses everything ranging from a mortgage company to a clothing retailer. Right now, he is seeing an explosion in the market for businesses under $2 million. Millions of baby boomer business owners will bring their business to market in the next decade so they can retire. At the same time, many entrepreneurs are realizing the risks associated with starting from scratch and are deciding to buy an existing profitable business instead. Ace helps entrepreneurs understand how and when to sell their business. He also works with first-time business buyers to help them find due diligence and finance small business acquisitions. Are you an investor looking for passive cash flow but don't have the time to explore your options? Discover Real Estate. It's the best option for passive income that savvy investors have been turning to for years to generate income and build wealth. But the reality is real estate investing takes expertise, market knowledge, and time. So what do you do if you don't have the time or market knowledge? Discover how many business investors have found a way to generate cash flow from real estate investing. Their secret? They partner with proven private real estate investment funds. Four Peaks Capital Partners have created a system that allows accredited investors the opportunity to invest in undervalued assets to generate passive income and capital gains. Invest with the cash flow experts and sit back while Four Peaks does all the work. Call Four Peaks Capital Partners at 877-5-INCOME. That's 877-5-INCOME or go to privateincomeinvesting.com. An offer to buy or sell securities is only made by a private placement memorandum. Prospective investors must read the PPM in its entirety before making an investment decision. Ace, welcome back to the show. It's great to be here with you. For my listeners that's not familiar with you and what you're doing, uh, can you please share a little bit about, about your background and journey and what you're currently up to? Well, you know, I, I love the name of the show, Cashflow Ninja. I am certainly all about cash flow. I had a realization when I was 19 years old that you could buy cash flow. It was back in 1999 and the internet was a new thing. And I ended up buying a uh, income producing website from some guys that bottom line, it just kind of left it by the wayside because they had some, a bigger, better business that was growing faster. And so this thing was making uh, a lot of money for a 19 year old, but 
uh, they needed somebody to take over it. And so that was the first time I realized that you know, while I was in college trying to get a degree so that I could convince somebody to let me work for them for nine to five and, and you know, be happy to get a paycheck, that uh, there, were these, there was this other option out there that you know, somebody could come in, buy a business, and immediately start uh, generating cash flow. And so ever since then, it's just, it's been a passion of mine. Um, and fast forward to today, you know, we manage a, a, a fund that uh, buys small businesses, which I kind of uh, uh, call micro private equity. Uh, I am credited in Divestopedia as uh, the creator of the term uh, micro private equity. But the idea there is that unlike larger businesses, unlike real estate, unlike a lot of other things, you can buy these businesses at a very, very low multiple and a really high ROI. And that creating a portfolio of these businesses uh, gives you a, a yield and cash flow that's hard to um, uh, compete with, with in any other asset class. Let's talk about uh, purchasing the businesses because that's the, I mean, I loved how you phrased it too about buying cash flow because that's exactly what, what you want, right? You want to find something that's already, already generating cash flow as opposed to building it from scratch. Maybe a good thing would be Ace, is just to contrast the two and the challenges maybe of both and maybe also the, uh, the positives of both, because if there's negatives and positives of starting your own or just purchasing something, could you uh, jump into that a little bit and share more about that? Yeah, so there are pros and cons to each. You know, when you're, you're I obviously love entrepreneurs, and, and some of the uh, talks that I've given, I, I have people to come up to me afterwards and they are kind of coming from a place of, dude, like you're kind of down on this whole startup thing. It's like, no, I want as many people to start businesses as possible because if there aren't entrepreneurs out there starting businesses, I don't have anything to buy. So the last thing I want to do is, is, is say never become an a entrepreneur and start a business from scratch. Um, one of the biggest differences is that I think that an entrepreneur is just built differently. Um, most people that are starting businesses aren't real true entrepreneurs. You know, the people like uh, Mark Zuckerberg, people like Steve Jobs, especially is just a, a great example. They are driven by a passion for a vision of something that they want to see in the world. And that's a beautiful thing. The problem is 90% of people really just want a little bit of freedom. They want to be able to pay their bills. They don't want to spend 40 years in a cubicle from nine to five every day. It's just they're not driven by the idea that, oh, phones should uh, be sleek and not have buttons. <laughs> it's wow. like their passion in life. They want to spend more time with their family. They want to travel. And so that conflicts with being able to, um, in a lot of cases, start something, have that drive to get over the hump and deal with what I call the entrepreneurial gauntlet of starting something from scratch. And so if you're one of those people that's like true to heart, entrepreneur, and you, you've got a vision for something that you're going to create, I think that there's really no better place. I mean, we're just so fortunate to live in a country where you have this option of starting something from scratch and building it the way that uh, you want to. I think for really the great majority of people, 
they don't want to deal with that high failure rate of, you know, I, I, they don't have the, the time. I mean, to take away money from their family, to take away time that they could spend, you know, with their kids in Little League and not be making money just isn't something that a lot of people can do. And so the biggest downside to the startup is that you just have that period where you're learning a lot of different things. You don't know exactly what's going to apply to the business that you're going to start, what's going to be useful. They're investing in a lot of things. And, you know, I love testing. I'm a big fan of that. It's so beautiful to be in an era where with the internet, we literally can test everything and make sure that it works before we ever, um, you know, go, go really hardcore. So all uh, uh, being able to do that is, is awesome, but it's really great to be able to buy a business, um, you know, be making money right then, take some of the income from that business, put it into uh, testing in a, in a, in a, uh, an environment where you kind of know what the product is, you know, who your customers are, um, you know what's working, and so you you made a big leap there. And uh, I think for a lot of folks, it, that environment is uh, just a, a, a really what what at the end of the day the what they want. They just have never been presented with the option that they could buy a business. And ninety nine percent of people have no idea that they could do it and not uh, and it'd be cheaper than starting from scratch. So. Both of those things um, are kind of why I do a lot of what I do is that, you know, when I was a a kid trying to figure this stuff out, there just wasn't information out there. And so there are plenty of people that talk about all the benefits of starting from scratch. I don't spend a lot of time talking about it because they're they're just there. That's 99.99% of all blogs and entrepreneur magazine articles and, and all that. And so I feel like my job is to present this other case and this other opportunity that just nobody talks about. Right. And you make a lot of good points too. One of the first things is too, when starting a company, I mean, this could take a while for it to be cash flow positive, right? And profitable where when you take over companies, they're, they're profitable day one, they're cash flowing and producing income for you. Can you share a little bit? What are some of the things that you look for and, um, if we uh, take a step back and look into the checklist of, uh, of Ace Chapman and of, yeah. of what he looks at in, at these companies that he thinks will be a good fit for his portfolio. Yeah. So obviously the list is long and it grows every month because uh, there's always new things, new tools, uh, also new fraudulent things that sellers try to pull. So we're always adding to that list. But even to get into the deal, there are a few things that we want to make sure are the case. And some of them are just personal to me and other things are just things that you want from any business that you're going to buy. The first one, just as you mentioned, it's cash flow. You know, I'm not in the business of buying fixer upper, you know, some people uh, ask me like, oh, so are you, it's kind of like real estate where you take a broken business and you try to fix it. And the truth is that's worse than even just starting from scratch because you're starting in the negative. You know, this thing is already not working. And so you've got, you're losing money and trying to, to get it to work. So we don't do that. Um, so what we want is a business that is profitable right now, 
uh, and has some kind of consistent source of, of income that isn't, um, you know, just uh, doesn't have highs and, and lows and go through ups and downs. We, I really like a business that comes in pretty monthly. Now that the port, my portfolio is a little bit larger, uh, we'll do some deals that are a little bit weird. You know, we bought this business that, that is based on kind of weather and um, that one's interesting because it just goes up and down. Kind of if there's a lot of hurricanes, people are coming to this site looking for information. If there's snowstorms, that kind of thing. But otherwise, it, it, if there's not anything big going on, then it'll be lower. So we'll we'll do that. But for the average client that's getting started, I tell them to stay away from any deal like that because you your bills are going to come in monthly. You can't. Um, you know, buy a business that does really great at Christmas and then doesn't make money the rest of the year uh, because your kids are going to want to eat the rest of the year. You know, they're going to want electricity the rest of the year. Uh, so you've got to have that consistent stream of income. I find that that works really well for the average person. So we want the, wanted to be cash flow positive. We wanted to be consistent and have consistent income. And then I wanted to be in business for a legitimate amount of time. You know, when it comes to offline businesses, I love for those businesses to be around for five to at least five years. I don't go below five years there. I really like it for it to be 10 years or older. And it's really cool. I mean, I think a lot of people don't realize there are a lot of small businesses, you know, done offline deals that have been around for 35 years. You know, that was one of the recent deals that we closed. But the cool thing is we bought a business last year that was internet based. It's been around for 14 years. And so we're getting to a point now where these businesses do have um, just a, a strong history and uh, a large foundation that we're able to to buy and then build on top of. Are there any formulas that you use, Ace? When you, I mean, when you look at a deal, you look at the industry, you look at the type of business, you look at all of that. What are some of the ways that you can figure out kind of shark tank-ish if this is a worthwhile company to take a peek into and and uh, investigate further yeah so the single most important formula is the figuring out the multiple when we buy something we want to know what's the multiple that we're buying this cash flow at like i said you know we're in the business of buying cash flow and so what a multiple does is tell us um, two things. Number one is how expensive is this this cash flow compared to other deals? So we get a single number and we know, all right, this is a little bit more expensive. Why is it more expensive than uh, the other deals, regardless of price or whatever? And then it tells us uh, the other thing that's very, very important, which is how long, how many years is going to take us to get back our initial investment if we buy this. So the multiple we look at uh, based on the cash flow that's really coming into the business, not the cash flow that they tell us. So the first thing we've got to figure out is, okay, how much the business really making? And then we um, basically look at the, the sales price that we're able to negotiate and we divide that sales price by the cash flow. Ideally, we're buying that business at no more than a three multiple. And this is one of the things that we've seen happen in this space, which is it's good and bad. But, um, you know, when I was first starting, I could buy these things at a 0.5 multiple. Um, we actually, back in the day, 
measured multiples by months because internet deals everybody felt like were so risky that you know offline businesses would sell at a two to three annual multiple which basically means if a business is um is a, a 200 or, or a three hundred thousand dollar business then that business would be making a, a hundred thousand a year and it would be at a two or three multiple. So if it was a 200,000, if there was for sale for 200,000, it'd be at a two multiple, if it was sell for 300,000, it'd be at a three multiple. And that basically means if you just pay cash for that business, you should get all your money back in two to three years, which is uh, an amazing return. You know, you compare that to a lot of other things, especially, you know, we look at the multiple that we buy stocks at and it's a 20 multiple or 30 multiple. It means like based on what they're making, if, you know, the stock market wasn't there, you it would take you 20 years to get your money back. Or you look at a lot of real estate deals where people are, uh, you know, waiting years and years to, to have the rent pay it off. Uh, it, it makes that that very attractive. So the first thing that we're, we're, we're looking at formula-wise is what, what's the multiple on this deal? And then we're able to take that single number and whether it's a $10 million deal or a $100,000 deal, we can kind of get a, a sense of the ROI that we're getting for that particular business. Gotcha, gotcha. And just to be clear though too, you're purchasing the companies 100%. So you take it over. So it's not that you're investing a percentage in some of these companies, just to clarify that for our listeners. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. We buy the business. Now, me personally, uh, a lot of what I do is invest in my clients deals. So we help other people build these small private equity funds, and they go out, uh, the people in the coaching program, and do deals. And you know, our goal there is that we get the opportunity to invest in their deals, but they're still acquiring the business completely. And then, you know, I may end up a minority investor, but I'm investing in that acquisition. Gotcha. Gotcha. Let's talk a little bit about your um, fund, Ace, and your micro-private equity strategy that you've put together. Can you uh, share a little bit more about that and uh, um, share the power of, uh, of this overall strategy and approach? Yeah. So over time, a couple things happened. Number one, the first realization that I had was that you could buy this income. And, you know, I had a mentor years ago who's a guy who bought and sold hospitals. And, you know, I'm talking to him. And at that point, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a small fry. I was buying and selling. I'd done a little mortgage company. I bought a tanning salon and, and sold it, you know, and it was kind of just one deal at a time. I was really pouring a lot of work into it. I'd turn, I'd grow that business, you know, with the tanning salon. We took over some other salons and grew through acquisition. But I could see that I was in this kind of straight line path where it was, okay, do a deal, grow the deal, sell the deal, have a bunch of cash, do the deal, next deal, and grow that deal and sell it. Uh, but it was going to take a long time to uh, kind of grow um, you know, my, my income because I'm, I'm, I'm living and, and all this. And so I was trying to figure out with my, my mentor, like, how can I do more of these? The first thing was, can I just do larger deals? And the biggest downside to doing larger deals was that the multiple goes up very quickly. So it's great that we went through that talk on multiple because, you know, if, you, if once you get above kind of 3 million, you have these small private equity funds that want to do those deals. 
and they're willing to pay six times because they're they're going to their investors that are used to investing in the stock market like, hey, you're buying stuff at 20 times. We have this real estate deal that's not going to pay you off for 15 years. We're buying things at six to seven times. So that's an amazing deal. Uh, but for me, I was used to buying things at two times at that point, or even one times in a lot of cases at that point. So that was like, man, I, I like the returns of this space, but I want to do more of it. And it led to this kind of micro private equity strategy where, uh, you know, and talking to, to my mentors realized, wow, like I should try to teach other people how to do this. And then we can kind of come together, create a network and together be able to do a lot more of these deals and it not just be dependent on one person leveraging this strategy. You know, we, and now we've got people all over uh, the globe from New Zealand. Uh, one of my, you know, I've got a really great part over there, Australia, uh, Asia. And, and so we've been able to grow that. And then the, the second part of that was, um, going to the, the, the next step beyond just, okay, there is this great strategy of buying business. How do we make this even safer? How can we do this and, you know, have a deal go bad and, and things not just kind of devastate that, that person who put in a deal. And it's, it's just still doing the same thing that private equity funds have done for years. And it's, it's all about having a portfolio of businesses and the interesting thing is when you look at any successful business, they're using the same strategy. It, it, it really is the only way to kind of su- to, to survive long term is by having a acquisition strategy. No business has an idea, grows, and then lasts for 100 years or becomes a billion dollar business without doing some acquisitions along the way. And you know, one of the things that I think is uh, kind of unfortunate in the small business arena is that the average person never thinks that they need acquisitions as a part of their strategy. You know, we know every large business does it. You know, we know these private equity funds have done it for years, but the average uh, small business owner never thinks, oh, let me go and, and buy a competitor or let me go and buy a complementary business or let me go and buy a, a diversified, a business that's totally different so that my income is now diversified so that I have this longevity and that's a lot of what we focus on now is how can we put together a portfolio of businesses that are diversified, you know, when it comes to internet businesses on five levels. We want them to be, you know, be diversified traffic wise. We want their source of income to be uh, different. I mean, even if you have businesses and all of them are traffic is coming from Google and the income is coming from Google, that's not a diversified portfolio of, of deals. We also want the, the demographic that they're targeting to be different. Uh, we want the niches to be uh, a little bit different. And then we want the business models. You know, We want to have SaaS business and a FBA business. And so uh, as we've modeled this out, what we realize is that when you build this uh, portfolio of business and you're buying things at that two to three multiple you can have a deal just go completely to zero and the other deals uh, will, will, will make up for that because the return I mean, is, is high enough to do that. You're listening to Ace Chapman on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic 
market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Blockchain technologies and cryptocurrencies will not only disrupt money, but every industry on the planet. These new innovations and technologies will affect every area of your life in the future. The cryptocurrency course teaches you everything that you need to know about getting started and profiting with cryptocurrencies and includes expert training from the top crypto experts in the world. You'll learn how to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrencies, how to safely store your crypto, how to become a sound investor, even if you're just a beginner, and how to apply blockchain technology to your business. You can watch a free crypto masterclass and grab the crypto course at cashflowninja.com forward slash crypto course. You're listening to Ace Chapman on the Cashflow Ninja podcast and are back to our interview. You've mentioned a couple of things um, uh, about uh, something that's complementary and provides a little bit of synergy, which that's a, a strategy where you could take one business, uh, acquire another one and scale and, and grow that one very quickly because there's already synergy right there and there's complementary stuff. And then also the diversification. Um, this said it with all of this ice, um, you talk about exit strategies a lot too. What, what does that play in the overall approach and the overall strategy that, uh, that you implement and execute? Well, it's funny. It, it ties into what you just said. So we'll have a deal. You know, we just did this with uh, a couple of different businesses. One was in the travel space. And we bought a business that is uh, openrooms.com. It's a great uh, hotel uh, booking business. So anybody booking hotels can check that out and, and book a, a hotel through it. Uh, we do a lot of stuff in Asia. And so we've got this business over a million emails and it's a, it's a cool business. At the, uh, later on, we came across a business that was in the uh, airspace and had about a couple hundred thousand e- uh, emails. And so what we're able to do is uh, basically cross-promote these two businesses and make, you know, one plus one equal five, uh, you know. And, and so that kind of thing is really powerful when you can just take two businesses, combine them, do some cross-promotions and add to both businesses because those 200,000 people weren't on the, uh, the list for the open rooms. And then obviously the million people weren't on the airline consolidator business. So those two things be- come together to create um, uh, just you know money that wasn't in either business before and customers that weren't in either business before. And then the other thing that that allows to do is now we've got a larger business. So before I mentioned uh, how when I was looking at deals, the downside was I couldn't do, I didn't want to do bigger deals because my ROI would go way down because the multiples go way up. And that wasn't as, as much fun to me to pay that much for those businesses. But the cool thing is I can use that to my advantage when I'm selling. So obviously, if, if I know there are people out there that are willing to pay five and six and seven times instead of two to three times, 
then I want to sell to those. I don't want to buy from those guys. I'm going to sell to those guys all day long. So how can we do that? One of the ways is by putting these deals together and making them, uh, uh, putting them into one LC, making them one business and making these complementary businesses uh, a three, four, five million dollar business instead of just being uh, individual 800 million, 100,000 million dollar businesses. And now you're able to exit at a, uh, you're not only increasing the income by doing the cross promotions, but you're also getting a higher multiple. And that's how you get the, those, the real windfall um, in, in income by when you sell and exit out of these things. And so for somebody who's listening, who's like, okay, like, I just want to use that strategy. I'm already, I started a business, I'm running it. You know, I've got some cash flow. Uh, how can I turn the business that I'm running right now into something that somebody wants to buy, which, you know, we can talk about that in a sec. And then where can I go uh, and, and kind of roll up some other businesses into my business so that I can, uh, I can attract a buyer that doesn't just want to pay me two to three times earnings, which is what the average business seller is getting right now, but they're willing to pay me a five to six multiple. Yeah, let's let's dive into what folks can do to position their company to be purchased. What are some of the the things that they can do to uh, increase the value of the the asset? So you know, I, I love talking about this because I would love for more people to um, <laughs> do this. It would make it easier whenever when I'm buying a business. So whenever I do a deal. Um, you know, I love when somebody has kind of listened to, to my podcast and puts together the package the right way and delivers it and makes everything simple. Because a lot of times we end up having to turn into Sherlock Holmes and uh, do detective work just to get all the information that we want out of that business. So there are a few things. And the, one, the first is being prepared. So part of that is having all of the information that a buyer is going to want to see in your business, having all that information together so that you can deliver to them in an organized fashion. You wouldn't believe, I'm sure actually you would. I mean, if you know some entrepreneurs, uh, a lot uh, they don't tend to be the most organized uh, group. And the, uh, the, at the end of the day, they just don't have every everything together. So uh, the first part of that is obviously financials. People are going to want to see historical financials going all the way back. You know, sometimes people are like, oh, that was so long ago. It's like, but yeah, I want to see everything. I want to see the story of the business. When it comes to the numbers, the uh, other part is having the, you know, you want profit and loss, you want balance sheet, all of that good stuff, but having some systems in place. So a big part of what somebody's buying when they buy your business is not the idea. You know, the ideas are, I mean, just to put it bluntly, really worthless. You know, it's about cash flow. So what's generating that cash flow is, are the systems that, that are in, in, in place that, um, you know, are, are like what, what we talked about kind of before jumping into this call. When it comes to VAs, do you have a system in place that if one of those VAs leaves, then, you know, you're going to be able to replace those folks in a, a very easy fashion? And so when I'm selling the business as an example, I want to give the person basically like a franchise-like system. 
so that they've got a big booklet of SOPs, whether it's physical or it's in Google Docs. And, uh, you know, I want to ask the person that's, that's buying the business for me, what is your biggest concern? You know, what, what are you worried about when it comes to, the, to this business? And one of the things may be, well, I'm worried that the manager may leave. You know, if the manager leaves, I'm going to be left trying to do that all that work. And I don't know as much as, as them. And so I feel like that would be detrimental to the business if, if they end up leaving. So and I can take them in my uh, book, uh, SOPs to E for employees, go to the manager and figure out, all right, what happens when a manager leaves? And then having all of those steps there. First thing is we're going to replace that manager with these two employees and split up the duties this way. The second thing is we're going to put this exact ad in these publications or websites and the ad's going to say this. And once you get replies, you're going to look for these things in the candidates. Once you get the candidates, these are the questions that you want to ask and things you want to look for in the resumes once those come in. And then here's the training that you're going to give the person that you decide to hire. So all of a sudden, you're able to quench all of that anxiety and uh, get them kind of back to the table. And then you, you still go deeper, though. Like, okay, tell me what other concerns. And they say marketing. And then you go to that section and you just say, here's all the things we've tried. Here's the things that have worked. Here's the things that haven't worked. Here's, uh, you know, things that we recommend that you try. And obviously, it's your business. So you can decide what you want to do. So that gives you um, uh, just a, a huge leg up over every other business on the market because I look at a lot of business on the market and, uh, you know, nobody does that. And so when I sit across from a buyer, in addition to the other strategy we just talked about, just those, if you, if you do nothing else from our sales process, all you do are, are the, the strategy we just talked about and, um, you know, you have all the information together and you've got SOPs together, um, that will uh, give you, you'll be able to sell at a premium. You'll be able to sell at a huge premium, but, and you'll, you'll want that guy. You're like, Hey, you know, one of the worst things for me, I was just talking about this the other day. One of the worst things for me when I sell a business is for me to be the first person that they talk to and then want to make me an offer. If somebody comes to me and they're looking about my business and they haven't talked to any other sellers, I want them to wait before they make me an offer and I want them to get into uh, the marketplace and start to talk to as many sellers as possible, look at as many deals as possible because I want them to see how, um, how, why they should buy my business at a premium. And if they, if they haven't looked at, some, uh, at enough other deals, they're not going to get it. <laughs> right, right, right. And I mean, Ace, you guys put amazing programs together, whether it's acquisition programs, buyer readiness tests, and so forth at Ace Chapman Business Acquisition Consultants. Can you talk a little bit about some of the information that you offer? Because I know uh, my listeners are going to go, this uh, sounds awesome. This might be something that I would like to look into. Where can I get some more info? Yeah, yeah. So absolutely check out acechapman.com. Um, you know, you can check there if you if you just want to contact us. Uh, you know, we talk to people. You know, we're, we're uh, pretty. A lot of the people that, that we don't we don't do advertising. You know, the only way people find out about us is that they hear about us on a podcast or uh, YouTube or whatever, and and they're interested in this kind of thing. 
Um, and so definitely reach out, even if you're just, you, you're looking at a deal, you've got a question on the, uh, on the business or due diligence. Um, the, I'm on Instagram. If they want to contact me, we do a program now called the uh, private equity partner program, which is actually a, a two year process. It's kind of like getting your MBA and, uh, doing deals and, and acquisitions. And that um, has, has been a lot of fun. I've, I've kind of just, you know, it, it, it filters out a lot of people because a lot of people are like, okay, I, I'm just trying to go through a little eight week course and instantly be able to do deals. Um, and, you know, we have people that are doing deals along the way. But when you go to our YouTube and you see some of these amazing results, uh, a lot of it is because people come in and they're serious about making this an integral part of their long term a financial freedom strategy, not just uh, coming in like they're learning about Facebook marketing. Gotcha. Ace, this has been fantastic. Appreciate connecting again, my friend, and having you on. And thank you so much for coming on the show and providing so much value. For my listeners, um, you had mentioned a couple of points where they can follow you. Uh, just one more time, uh, if you want to give them a place that they could check out more all about and everything of Ace Chapman. Yeah, yeah. So feel free to go to acechapman.com. Feel free to email me, ace at acechapman.com. And I'm on Instagram a lot at ace.chapman. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Thank you for joining me again on the Cashflow Ninja. Thank you for all your support. You rock. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at CashflowNinja.com or text CashflowNinja to 44222. I'm also posting daily videos on Facebook and YouTube and will live stream weekly starting May 2018. To make sure you don't miss any of the live streams, please like and subscribe to my Facebook and YouTube platforms. I'm also dropping content on Instagram daily. Be sure to follow us on Instagram to get in on the action. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. That's our show for today. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms.
This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.